1: Thanks for listening to the latest Football Digest podcast available on all podcast platforms. Subscribe now through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts from so you don't miss a single episode. Hello and welcome along to Football Digest Extra Time with myself, Ned Keats. In a bumper episode today, we've got two guests alongside me. First of all, the returning Reese Daly. And we've also got Dan Marsh along with us as well for the ride today as we look back over another busy weekend of Premier League action. And gentlemen, I suppose the only place that we could really start today is of course with the champions, the crowning of Manchester City. They didn't even have to wait until their game with Chelsea to do the business themselves. Of course, after the to Nottingham Forest on Saturday was enough to hand City a fifth Premier League title in six seasons, three Premier League titles in a row, and Reese. I suppose we always say that the table doesn't lie. And again, I think in this case, you know, Manchester City have been definitely in the in, in most recent weeks, they've shown it. But of course, over the course of the whole season as well, I think Manchester City have been the best team in the land by far and away. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think at the start of the season,
0: the, the consensus almost that they were not at their current level. But if you look back at the results, they weren't, they weren't that bad, really. I think they're always a long way behind Arsenal. But they always had games in hand, which was quite a crucial, I think. They were always confident of coming back and punishing this Arsenal team, and it's just another classic run at the end of the season at twelve wins in a row. And I think they've done that five times. I think more. I think up to eighteen wins in a row they've done in the past as well. So I think Arsenal fans maybe had a little bit of hope in the middle of that season, but we all knew City were going to come back. And it's the it's the squad strength really that that gives them their power. And just looking at them now, they they really are at the peak of what they can do, and that's why they they've got a treble on the cards as well.
1: Yeah, she said There is it's kind of, when it gets to April, there's something that kind of changes from Manchester City and that they kind of become this ruthless machine that kind of brushes teams aside. It, it's it's you know stunning to watch, but not so much when when your team's probably playing against them. You probably try and hide behind the sofa when when that game comes on. But Dan, in terms of the title race, and of course Arsenal led for much of it. Um, and then since they've come back from April, they've not been able to kind of find the form that they had in the first few, uh, few months of the season, the first kind of, uh, you know, three quarters of the season, probably pretty much was it Manchester City's experience that eventually told the end, Dan? You look at this Arsenal team and they're, in terms of the progress that they're trying to make and the journey that they're on, they're obviously a lot further behind City in terms of that path and that progression where City are on this dominant side that win win competitions like, you know, kind of uh, everyone goes down the shop and buys their grocery, you know, for Manchester City, it's kind of quite an easy thing to do now, bringing these trophies and picking them up left, right and centre. For Arsenal, they've not been there before and this would have been something new for that whole team. So do we think that, that the experience that City have in, when it comes to these latter stages of the season, having won those trophies before, may have been what got them over the line here?
2: Yeah, definitely. They, they've got that now, nice, haven't they? Like, like we were kind of saying, like you know, towards kind of March, April time, they do just kind of transition back into that relentless winning machine. You know, there, there were never any doubts that Arsenal may have been ahead, but nobody kind of, you know, nobody was expecting them to have a clear run at the title this is what Man City have done for the last, you know, four or five years. Pretty much ever since Pep Guardiola came to to be ahead. So, it, I think it was always on the cards. Like Reese was saying, um, their results weren't actually that bad at the start of the season. It was just a case of Arsenal were ahead, but they they did have games in hand. And there is one team you, you, you don't want chasing you down. It's, it's Manchester City. Uh, you look at the the squad depth, like you are saying, Arsenal probably a little bit ahead of schedule. I don't think anyone really expected them to challenge for the title which year, probably if they're being honest even Arsenal themselves and you know, that squad probably isn't ready to 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 go on and win titles whereas Manchester City are, you know that is what that squad was assembled for that is what that squad does
1: Reece we look at it and as I said at the top of the show it's now five in, in six for Manchester City three in a row do we have to reassess the strength of the Premier League and and how competitive it is you know because you know we, we're always on these shows and we're always talking about how great it is and how you know Everyone could beat everyone in the Premier League. But yeah, somehow we're arriving at the same conclusion at the end of every season, that Manchester City are the ones with the the trophy in their hands. It's now getting to the stage where you look at it, you know, I think La Liga's going to have three different winners in a row, obviously Atletico, Real Madrid and and now Barcelona this season. I think we're on course, um, Natalie have made it now four different winners of Serie A in a row as well. Bayern Munich, I, I realise the irony of what I'm about to say here, but the dominance that we see with Bayern Munich and perhaps with, with PSG, and of course Bayern Munich, the irony being that they might not win it this year after all, but those are the levels of, of, of dominance that we're perhaps getting to. You know, the, the Bundesliga, you expect Bayern to win it every year, of course, that might not be the case in a couple of weeks' time, who knows. And of course PSG dominating events in France as well regularly. Are we, should we be concerned that for all this greatness and, and we're all in awe of this Manchester City side as well, but maybe the Premier League isn't as competitive as we like to suggest that it is to, to the wider world.
0: Yeah, it's something- I remember doing this at uni actually. There's two types of competitive balance and one would be that anyone could beat anyone, which is still the case. I mean, we've seen City lose this season, I think to Brentford. Uh, but the other type of competitive balance is winning the title and that's sort of moving away from the Premier League a little bit. I think the Premier League at the peak of its powers now, but it would be damaging if City keep doing that. And the key is... I wouldn't say this is a culmination of, of Man City's progress because they're, they're in the middle of it. There's no sign of slowing down. It's signing player after player after player that already fits your system. You know they're going to fit in. But then you end up having 25 first-team players who can all interchange at any point and they're going to still carry on winning games. And it, it is a way for the, for the product in general. I think the rest of the league is always going to be exciting. But if these other teams can't sustain a title challenge like City do, they, I think Liverpool you know, three three stunning seasons, come away with one title. And i probably even look back now and just be happy with that one because any other year, City probably would have just won 20 games in a row probably instead of the 18 that they needed. And it, the onus is on the other clubs now. I think we, as as we mentioned about Arsenal, they weren't quite ready. And it, it told at the end. And even looking at the other teams in the league now, I think anyone really is ready to go and compete with City. It would take a massive collapse. And I think especially rivals around the top of the table just hoping for Pep Guardiola to leave because until he does you can't really see any big events happening that's going to stop this domination maybe the charges maybe some of the rival fans will have their fingers crossed about those but I do think it weakens the product a little bit and I can't see the end of the dominance at the moment.
1: Dan just moving on to Arsenal now and of course you know it'd be wrong of us not to, to talk about them you know being the uh, being the other side involved so heavily in this title race this season and and what they've achieved, you know, we we should, you know, still commend the job that Mikel Arteta has done with Arsenal, where you consider where they were and where they had been previously to get them, you know, not only back into the Champions League, but but to be title contenders as well. It's a phenomenal job that he's done. Um, but what's what's been their undoing, um, you know, since since they've come back from April, we have had a comment in from friend of the show and, and sometime host, Colin Bromley, suggesting that Arsenal may have bothered it. I don't think we're going to go down that route and, and suggest that at all this morning. But What's ultimately held Arsenal back from winning this title, you know, we can talk about how great Manchester City have been and then how inevitable and, and this phenomenal winning run that they've been on. But we have to remember that Arsenal are eight points clear. This isn't just, you know, City have won every game and, and really dialled up the pressure. There is a little bit of, of, of analysis that has to go on at what's gone wrong for Arsenal because to blow that lead at the start of April and looking like perhaps ending the season, maybe even 10 points adrift, that's an 18-point swing, something somewhere has not picked for Arsenal in this final part of the season? I think it is kind of like we touched on before, just kind of having
2: that now, of that experience of winning titles. And I think you can kind of, if you look back to January, I know Jorginho wasn't Arsenal's primary target, but even the kind of fact that they went and got him from Chelsea, someone who's experienced winning, you know, major trophies over the last few years, probably the only thing you could kind of accuse this Arsenal side of lacking. Um, it's really harsh because I think before the World Cup break, like, Arsenal, for me, were the best team to watch in the Premier League. Like obviously Manchester City, we know what they are. they're they're brilliant, but Arsenal. Maybe it was that factor that I especially didn't expect them to be challenging. I don't think anyone was, but you know they were unbelievable in, in up until that World Cup break. And I think not only even now as well. Like they did lose, you know, players like Saliba, but had such a big season. Losing him, you know, didn't it obviously didn't help. And you know, it feels like one or two players maybe just run out of steam a little bit towards the end. You know, Ramsdale again's been sensational all season, and there was a couple of a couple of the, the games where they dropped points recently in that kind of horrific April run. There was a couple of goals where you're looking at, and, and you're looking at other players as well. Like you know, Saka's kind of output has has gone down in the last few weeks. So I think it's just a, it's a combination of little things really, which I think have just all kind of combined at the worst possible time for them. But I think they'll be better for the experience, and and you know. Now they've got that experience of, of operating in that kind of higher pressure situation of challenging for titles. That should serve them well next year.
1: Reese, um, you're talking about next year, and you, you'd already talked about kind of um, challenges and title challenges and who can can put one up to Man City. Arsenal will be hoping that they can still do that again next year. Obviously, an important summer for them ahead. They do obviously have to uh, the, the the Champions League, the return of the Champions League to compete with next season, in that they can't play the kids on the Thursday night and, and give some of those first teams a. Uh, a break perhaps where where they otherwise would have done this season but can Arsenal challenge again you know it's going to be the expectation would be is that the Premier League is going to be a bit more difficult next season Manchester United will be further down their own road of progression under Eric Hard. Liverpool they can't be as bad this uh, next season as they were this season for sure likewise with Chelsea Newcastle on the verge of Champions League football I don't expect they're going to sit around and go oh that was nice only once we've done it that will be fine they'll want to, to be in there year in year out Tottenham anyone's guess what we're going to do over the summer I'll try not to cry too much on on screen about it today but next season it looks like it's going to be even tougher than this season to get into that top four can Arsenal challenge for the title again be amongst the title challengers again this time next year
0: I think Arsenal have a really good chance of finishing second again I think that's that's what they're going to be looking at think with the Champions League as well we've seen this year where Arsenal were out of all the competitions but still didn't quite have that squad depth to to go and play midweek and then play on both Saturdays as well so and what City have done is they've steadily grown this big squad and they've always got young players that are hungry and and not experienced players a lot of the time have to sit on the bench Arsenal they've got to try and manage that by bringing in players that maybe will be happy not not playing all the time just yet and that is really hard to manage and looks like they might have a few players leaving as well and I just can't can't see them getting anywhere near City and you're probably looking at Newcastle as someone that could maybe go on a, a similar run to as Arsenal did this year, but with the Champions League to, to manage as well. I mean, it's really tough. And we talk about United, we don't really know what we're going to see from them. Chelsea and Tottenham look way off it. So I think it's it's looking bleak in terms of winning the title for any other club rather than City. And I think in the situation that Arsenal are in now, almost if they had the season that Newcastle would have, it'd be more positive feelings than the one they've actually had. 'cause it's gonna always be a member for the season. They they nearly they nearly got there, even though they're not actually very close at the moment, but they were nearly too far ahead of City. I think next year's gonna be really hard to win a title for anyone. And maybe you do look at Liverpool, maybe you look at we know Klopp's been there in the past. Maybe they can go on the similar runs to City have done. But looking at just looking at the table now, you really can't see a title challenge coming from anyone other than the champions.
1: Lovely, lovely positive talk there about ready for next season that we're, we might as well add the title to City, but I'm with you on that boat um, for sure. And I, and I suppose I won't be alone as well when I say that I expect, and, and I'm sure you both agree with me, that, that City are uh, probably going to complete the treble this season as well. We would expect, given what's gone before, given who they've got to face. Dan, I just want your thoughts on that as well, just before we move on to, to other topics in the Premier League, further down the table. But in, in terms of Manchester City, do we think now that that this is, Part one and the treble and their parts two and three are, are more than likely to follow. I think so. I
2: I you know, it just feels inevitable this year, doesn't it? Like especially with a manner like you're saying, like an eighteen point swing. You know, if you were looking at the kind of we all know the Champions League is the one they want more than anything. If you're looking at that, you're looking at the, the FA Cup final with Manchester United. Um, you know, you can really only see that game one way. Um in the final <laughs> it's without being disrespectful to Inter Milan, you're looking at that semi-final, Manchester City, Real Madrid, you know, you're thinking really whoever gets through that is is kind of, you know, they'll fancy themselves very, very heavily to to go on and lift that, that uh, Champions League trophy. So really, it was the the Premier League you're looking at with, with kind of any element of doubt, I suppose. Um, Now I've said that, they'll probably go on and lose both finals. Um, Popple Bench, De Bruyne or something. Um, But for me, it just feels inevitable. Like, it feels like this is their year, this is their time, you know, this is, For me, it's the best squad in Europe, best team in Europe. So, you know, I I think that will tell um, in in the final.
1: Moving now from the top of the Premier League down towards the bottom. Um, And thankfully, we've still got something to talk about, it looks like, on the the final day of the season. It seems mad. I I can remember coming back from... Uh, from from the international break in the spring, and kind of everything looked to be all, all to play for in the Premier League, the title race, the race for the top four, the race for European places, everything looked to be uh, really, really kind of building towards a, a, a huge climax for the season. It all feels a little bit anticlimactic there. I think we still have nine teams involved in the relegation battle as well. And it now looks like we're down to two. We are recording this on Monday morning, so we're not going to really touch too much on Leicester because of course they play Newcastle. But in terms of, the two that we're likely to be thinking it's going down to on the final day of the season, uh, reach one of them being Everton, the other one being Leeds United. And of course, Leeds really have it all to do on that final day. Yes, they're playing Tottenham. Yes, you would expect them to win, but you know, Tottenham being Tottenham, will probably try and crash a party and annoy them and upset them somehow by not giving the result that they need. But this is what it's come down to for Leeds, isn't it? That they have to win now on that final day of the season to be able to, to to survive in the Premier League for another campaign.
0: Yeah, they're going to have to win that game and. I think almost all the pressure being on them, it's probably going to give Tottenham a little bit of advantage, and what could be Harry Kane's last game for the Spurs. Maybe you'd expect him to just get get on the, get on the score sheet. I think with Leicester as well, the Newcastle game tonight, this is their version of what the West Ham was to uh, to Leeds. So like they just have to win, they just have to win. And Everton has almost sort of crawled their way to safety by by the other teams not being good enough. And in thirty thirty two points, could still be enough to stay up this season, which is incredibly low. and that, that mix year in the season, there was five or six teams that, that were all in it. We were talking about, you know, there could be seven teams on the last day almost involved, but obviously Southampton have gone and it's looking bleak for Leeds. And I think there was desperation uh, f- from the owners and there was statements and all sorts. And you could tell, you don't want to call it desperation because obviously everyone's desperate to stay in the Premier League, but it like there was a big panic at one point of realisation thinking, we just got to do whatever we can, stay up here and just not enough time for big Sam to really get, get anything going. And even that West Ham game yesterday, that was that's, that was a winnable game and West Ham, they can turn it on but this this was not their focus and they wanted to give their fans another something else to cheer but the, the Leeds players and their heads dropping at full time, it, it, it just really felt like it was a relegation swing, a full party for them. So, yeah, I, I can't really see them. I think Everton probably probably start up with a defeat now on the last day and but they might get three points and suddenly be five points, five points clear of the bottom three. So, yeah, that that seemed like a relegation relegation game for Leeds that one, and Leicester's one could be tonight.
1: An and in terms of uh, what Bruce was saying there about the game against West Ham, definitely looked like one that was there for the taking for for Leeds pre-game. Um, of course, West Ham qualifying for the Conference League final uh, on on Thursday night away to AC Outmar. You would have seen the scenes, or, or you know, could have seen the scenes in the in the dressing room afterwards, and the players looked to be enjoying themselves, and there were several crates of beer uh, looked to be dotted around the changing rooms. So. I myself, if I was a betting man, I probably would have looked at it and gone, yeah, I fancy Leeds here. It was really, you know, kind of even before the game was there for the taking, they take the lead. But there was never this this kind of confidence within them that they'd go on and and get the three points that they need. Now, of course, look, they are down near the bottom. They are fighting for their lives. Form isn't great. And of course, you know, when form's not good, the confidence isn't high either. But it's that kind of, you never had belief in this Leeds team that they were going to be able to, to wrestle something up that they could kind of have this defensive rear guard, solid action to keep out West Ham, you kind of, much as we were saying about Manchester City being inevitable winning the title, it was an inevitability that, that West Ham would get themselves back into that game and go on to win. And it's, it's those kind of moments, those kind of games where, especially at this stage in the season, when you do take the lead and you can't see it out, that's, and, and you have no confidence in being able to see it out, That that kind of is all the hallmarks of a team that are destined for relegation, unfortunately. Yeah, I think so. I think that
2: would be the most disappointing thing for me if I was a Leeds fan. It's kind of, you know, you've, you've done the hard work, you've got yourself into that position away from home, especially like you're saying, West Ham, like the scenes in the, you know, midweek, like if you're, you know, if you're associated with Leeds, you're rubbing your hands together and looking about on, on kind of Thursday night for celebrations. Um, but they're just so brittle defensively. Like there's just no, you know, like you're saying, like they scored, but felt inevitable West Ham would go on and, and get back into it. And as soon as they kind of equalised for Rice, I think it was only really going one way. Um, they kind of, Leeds have been on this path for a little while, haven't they? I mean, last year they stayed up on the final day um, It's been another season of, of kind of turmoil, you know, problems with, you know, managerial changes, you know, dissent in the stands with the, with the kind of hierarchy. It's just all kind of going one one way, really. And if you're heading into the last game of the season on 31 points, like, you know, you, you kind of deserve whatever's coming to you. Like, you can't... That's not really a kind of points tally you can kind of expect to stay up with. Even Everton, like, you know, it looks like, as you're saying, they could lose it and still stay up, but their tally isn't much better. I think it, it, the standards of, of teams at the bottom this year has, has been really, really poor, which is, you know... Kind of epitomised by nine teams, like we were saying earlier, being involved in in the battle to go down. Um, but I, I can't see any way back for Leeds. Like I just don't think they they're just so brittle defensively. Um, and I can only see the the final the final day going going my way. I, f- I fancy Everton at home. Um, on the last day, they know what they need to do.
1: In terms of Everton as well, Reese. Um, obviously putting the pressure on Leeds uh, with the the dramatic late equaliser through Yeri Nina. Uh, 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 in their game against Wolves and in terms of what that means for Everton I know it's oh it's only a point but everyone was saying at the time you know, that could be a crucial point that could be a crucial moment and you kind of look for these teams that, that are fighting for their lives and there's always that one crucial moment that occurs that will talk about for years to come how great it is and you know oh, were you there anyway and when you're in your school and the scenes and that's that's the kind of feeling that this is now getting, isn't it? That that might be the goal. And again, you know, we could all be proved very wrong and could be talking about Everton playing in the championship this time next week. But of course, at the moment, given the kind of mood music around it, it looks like that that's the goal that maybe is just enough to keep Everton in the Premier League for another season.
0: Yeah, and a good way to classify how good a point it is, is when you're averaging less than a point a game. It feels like a win when you get a point, doesn't it? If your points we average is going up because of that, and it, even more, though, it's, it's sort of the mood around the fan base and the players and, and Leeds fans, Leeds players would have known that they haven't picked up that point and they, they needed to win after that, basically. And it, 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 as we were saying about how the poor poor standard it's been when you're picking up, it's going to be point draws that that, that keep teams up this year rather than the usual would be two two wins out of the last three or something like that. And I think Everton, I think Sean Dyche considered himself a little bit lucky, really. I mean, they've not, you know won a couple of games and he came in and it looked like they were going to sort of look it at the table. But, it's really not not been a good spell for him, and now we'll be able to regroup over the summer. And probably a bit lucky that, that Leeds and Leicester have been so poor. Uh, I think yeah, we could we could be in our words here, and they are playing the championship. But can you go and see Leeds and, and Leicester win on the last day? Probably not. So, Everton consider themselves a bit lucky. Got a new stadium on the way as well that they have actually stayed up, and the big summer for them, uh, whatever happens.
1: Yeah, I was going to say it would be a little bit weird. Obviously, with the, the new stadiums come in twenty twenty four that we may have already had the final. Premier League, Merseyside Derby uh, uh, at Goodison Park. But you know maybe, maybe we live to fight another day on, on that front at least and, and that we get one next season as well. Um, but in terms of obviously Everton and Leeds, they're, they're still scrapping for their lives down in the bottom band. One team that were able to make themselves safe at the weekend, of course, Nottingham Forest, a win that handed Manchester City the title, a win that also guaranteed them their place in the Premier League again next season. And, and the job that Steve Cooper has done this year, the pressure that he's been under at times, you know, you go back to, to, I think it was the early weeks of the season where there was talk about him to losing his job. Forrest have stuck by him. There's been other difficult periods. Forrest have stuck by him again and they've been able to to reap the reward of that by by staying up this year and, and a phenomenal job that he's done, especially when you consider where he took over Nottingham Forest and they were languishing in the relegations zone in the championship to now have, have got them up into the Premier League to have kept them up in the Premier League, especially after bricking in you know, what was it, a, a whole new score, maybe a whole two new starting 11s last summer as well. It's it's not been an easy task for him, but credit must go to him for, for the job that he's done in keeping Forest up this season. Yeah, he's done an incredible job. I mean, in terms of
2: Nottingham Forest, I know there was a lot of speculation, I think not just once, like in the early weeks of the season, then um, not too um, not too long ago as well, um, they've been vindicated, you know, you, you've seen, um, there's been quite a few teams this year who've Kind of got rid of the manager, and there's no plan B. Like they've had to go to interim managers, and we get leads immediately spring to mind. I know they kind of made a, an appointment eventually, but you know, for me, it, you know, you look at Lester and Dean Smith. That's not had the desired, you know, impact. Nottingham Forest have, have been rewarded for that faith, and, and yeah, Cooper's, you know, he's done an unreal job. Like even last year, like to get them up from from where they were, you know, um, in the championship was was outrageous, really. And then to kind of go on and, and punctuate that this year by keeping them up is is something which, you know, you you wouldn't have you wouldn't have fancied them to do at the start of the season for me personally with such a high turnover of players and I think that is well showed on the pitches. But to their credit, the last couple of months, I feel like when they've needed to string results, we're, we're talking about the quality of the bottom being quite poor, the, the standard. Um, I think Forest have have done their job. They've stepped up when they needed to and. You know, if you looked at them over the last few weeks, some of the performances and results they've had, you wouldn't have tipped them to go down. You, you know, if you were looking at one team out of that kind of crux of, of teams who are at the bottom, would probably would have picked Forrest um, since the last kind of international road to, to get themselves out of it. And, and Cooper's done it, yeah, he deserves plenty of credit. And, and, you know, we're talking about him potentially losing his job. Like, you know, the job he's done there now, like, if I'm not in Forest there'll be other teams looking at him I would have thought you know it might be a case of he's not there much longer but not for um, not for the reasons we we kind of thought earlier in the season it's right up there with with um, the other managers in, in the Premier League which have done a, a top top job
1: For sure absolutely I'm, uh, I'm sure you know kind of some teams in there, and there'll be plenty that are looking for new managers in the summer won't, won't do too badly if they had a look at Steve Coop and I'm not saying that as a the median thing to Nottingham Forest of course two-time former European champions so maybe he might just stay there maybe the luster is 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 uh, at the City Ground for him, chaps? Just looking ahead at the final day of the season now. Um, of course, Leeds and Everton both at home. So this kind of idea of 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 home advantage probably nullifies itself. I know they're not playing each other, but the fact that they're both playing at home on the final day of the season, they'll both have strong crowds, strong support behind them. Reese, do you think that then makes it important that? They kind of both ensure that they don't concede early and probably actually score early because that would be the worst thing, wouldn't it? When you've got your home support behind you and and you know both will have forty thousand fans vociferously cheering them on, trying to do their bit to be the twelfth man to really get them over the line. The worst thing that could happen for both Leeds and Everton on on Sunday is to concede early on and not the fans, not have the fans behind them as much as they were perhaps thirty seconds before the goal.
0: Yeah, that's the difficulty when you've got this, these passionate fans. It, as well as it being positive, it can turn negative very quickly and then that suddenly gets on your back. And I think Everton, I think they're playing a Bournemouth side of, well, I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't want to say on the beach. They're
1: close enough. <laughs> it's, it's, it's only probably about a mile from the ground.
0: <laughs> and that, that is a nice fixture for them. And Leeds and Tottenham, I, I don't think that's a nice fixture at all. I think the Leeds fans could get upset quite quickly there if, um, if Tottenham start. Start counter-attacking and, and getting a few goals on the break. And Leicester at home is against West Ham as well, which you can't forget about. I mean, West Ham by that point will be right in the thick of their preparations for the Conference League final. So, yeah, both passion- all passionate sets of fans, and th- that can be a positive if you get an early goal. But if you concede first, it's they're suddenly on your back. So the only disappointment for me is I wish there was two two safe spots. I wish there was a, there was more t- four teams fighting for these these two spots because it looks like Leicester could could um, lose tonight and then be winning all throughout the last day and, and not have a Sniff at safety, so I think Everton will will fancy themselves a lot now at home to Bournemouth and Leeds. It could just be Leeds and Leicester that go because of that game, and uh, yeah, I, I was hoping for a bigger battle on the last day rather than just that that one safe spot. But it'll be exciting. Hopefully, it changes a few times during the day as a neutral. That's what you want to see.
1: Absolutely, so that you're flicking through the kind of different scores and watching it on, on, uh, on Sky Sports and Jeff Stelling getting rather excited. That's kind of what we're all looking forward to, isn't it? One last time just to see him get excited about goals flying in left, right and centre. Um, Dan, unfortunately, I'm going to put you on the spot this morning um, in terms of how you see the final day going. Uh, as Reese outlined there, obviously Leeds at home to Tottenham. Um, well, I think, Reese, we share different views on this. I think Spurs, we haven't got our hopes. So maybe Leeds might just stay up after all. I'm not entirely sure there, but maybe it's just me being my usual pessimistic self. Uh, Everton, of course, at home to Bournemouth. In terms of those two games, how do you see them going? And then ultimately, how will that decide the, the final table? Honestly, wouldn't surprise me like,
2: with the kind of trend that's been happening down at the bottom if they both lost. Um, I, I do think if either one of them has a hope of hope of winning, I think potentially Everton, like Bournemouth, like Gary who's done an unreal job, like we're talking about good jobs. Gary who's right up there. Um, but they've, you know, essentially got nothing to play for. Leeds, I don't know if Tottenham you just don't know what Tottenham you're gonna to get. Like if they show up like Reese was kinda saying like Harry Kane, speculation, I don't think he'll go, but potentially if he was to go, that'd be his final game, he's gonna be, you know, right up for it. Um, I just for me, I, I just think Leeds are too far gone. I think yesterday kind of was their chance to, to claw their way out of it. And if I was gonna back one of the two teams to to win next weekend, probably be be Everton at home to Bournemouth. Um, but I, I actually reckon I reckon they both won at least to be honest um, which would keep on up um, so they'll both win now
1: and it'll probably go to goal difference goal score whatever as long as it doesn't come down to XG or anything like that and we don't have to, to crack out too many calculators I think we'll be okay um, Rhys, Dan thank you so much for joining us today really appreciate your time as always uh, of course you can keep up to date with all the latest from the Premier League and beyond across the Daily Mirror Daily Star, Daily Express websites but for now it's goodbye